Hey, Bill and Gunnar, welcome to Blackwell Tribal Edition. Murumu uh, here with you today as we broadcast around the world via the wireless and uh, wireless internet as well. And um, if you're wherever you are listening to this program, I hope you're having a good day and uh, that things uh, have been progressing in your world if you're involved with sovereignty or learning about it. And uh, joining me today, uh, a few guests actually. Uh, we've got Yurulam, uh, Minister for Education in Kenyara. Uh, the Attorney General, <clears throat> and um, I, I guess uh, it's been a big week uh, in, in recent times because of the Massig statement, the, the massive statement I call it, because um, obviously Massig is uh, the original name for York Island, I think it is, and um, the voice from the deep is the uh, document that we're talking about this morning, or this afternoon rather, uh, and because um, yeah, it is one, what, 1.30 now, 1 o'clock, uh, and uh, the communities of the Torres Strait are seeking self-determination and regional sovereignty, outlined in a four-point plan called the Massig Statement. This is off the SBS News. The release of the statement followed Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and Indigenous Australians Minister Linda Burney, there's your clue, visit to the region last week. During this visit, representatives from the communities across the Torres Strait Islands came together to speak to the pair about the issues that co- most concerned them. Okay, so the Torres Strait Islander people came together again, this time to deliver their own plan on Massig Island to coincide with the 85th anniversary of the first uh, Island Councillor Conference, which took place on the same island in 1937. The four aims outlined in the Massig Statement are to achieve self-determination for the people of the Torres Strait and Northern Peninsula area, freely determine political status and pursue economic, social and cultural development, self-government in matters relating to eternal, internal rather, and local affairs and create partnerships with regional stakeholders and the Queensland and federal governments to achieve the region's goals and aspirations. Okay, so this is a very interesting thing. I'm going to read a... Uh, uh, um, Mayor Philemon Mosby said the Massic Statement can work alongside the Uluru Statement from the heart and support the voice to Parliament. This is what he said. The Massic Statement is a mandate from the people for the leaders of our region to stand together in unity to support things like the Uluru Statement, to support the movement of First Nations people for their rights and interests to be reflected and enshrined in the fundamental document of the country, the Constitution, he told the point. So there you go. Um, it appears to me that this uh, uh, group or these regional communities have united under the one banner to say they want to be part of the Australian Constitution. That's pretty simple and clear from me. It sure is. Um, you're already part of the Australian Constitution. You've been seen legally through an Australian identity. Um, great news is you're already there. You don't need any special voice based on race. But what you do also go on in, in the, the statement about is achieving regional sovereignty by 2034, if I can remember right. Um, it's not so much how much sovereignty that the the crown are going to give you it's how much you're going to assert and how much you're going to take for your nation for your people for your lot and that's what it's all about there was actually a good case um the grumpa versus the balonshire council back in 2014 in the supreme court of queensland and that's exactly what the the judge or the justice said in that in that decision it's not so much it's not how much the other mob are going to give you or concede to you it's how much you're going to take for yourself how much sovereignty are you going to really apply and if you're going to claim regional sovereignty by 2034, 12 more years from now, why not do it sooner? Why not do it today? Why not come and learn the Yidinji way of doing it right now today? You can do it. 
you've got to assert it, it's up to you to do it. And it's all simply a thing of education, simple as that. So yes, you know, you are seen in the Australian Constitution through the, le the legal identity created in Australia, you're Australian person, you're citizen, uh, but you do also have a right to create legal identities based on your laws and your customs, the ones that predate Australia by a couple of hundred years. So you go back to there and make your identity and start to assert your sovereignty over your territory, over your land, and then do proper diplomatic treaties, by the way, amongst all the other island nations, because one lot can't speak for another lot. And, um, you know, like we can't speak for anyone else beside us. We can't speak for Cookie Allensy or Kunjan or anything else. It's all about learning. It's all about education. Yeah, and it's no need to make it complicated either because those those words, Indigenous Australians, that's that sort of sums up the, the crux of the learning, I think, because whose law are you under? If you're an Indigenous Australian, you come under Australian law. Do you want that? If you do, that's fine. That's a choice. But, you know, it's, it is a big task. You know, it is a big ask to... Um, turn your you know, law that dates back tens of thousands of years into a paper version. It can't be done. There's too much. There's too much wisdom. There's too much. So just an abbreviated version would still be more than anything Australia's already got, but it would also be better than what Australia's got. So yeah, that, that's your choice. You know, it's, it's whether you would want to be under your own tribal, your own cultural law for your area. Um, you know, it's the possibility always stands as it has with many other nations and countries in history where, you know, you might have um, the situation where there are many islands, many different cultural groups in the Torres Strait who choose to come together under one banner. But why not make it a sovereign banner, their own tribal banner, rather than anything to do with Australia or its laws? You know, I, I, I know that I would rather be under uh, tribal law. It's, it's the one that holds the integrity, the morality. The Australian constitution doesn't want people of different coloured skin in there. Why would you want to be under that? But once again, that's a choice. Yeah, it is a choice. And look, to, to make things uh, more uh, juicier on the matter, I, I think um, it was interesting uh, that Shaquille O'Neal, who is the, um, the sage and world source on Indigenous uh, matters on this continent, um, as much as I can slam dunk. Uh, so I, I was wondering, who's this fellow? Where is, what, what country is he from? Which tribal mob is he from? And, um, and then I heard the American accent. Uh, and then I just went, oh, okay, what's going on here? So for those who uh, um, were in a coma or, 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 or didn't know, uh, Shaquille O'Neal is a former uh, NBA basketballer, a, a, a global champion, um, a decent man uh, uh, in, in many, uh, many eyes of the people of the world. Uh, and he appeared in a press conference with the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, and the Minister for Indigenous Australians, uh, Linda Burnley, uh, in what appeared to be some sort of show of support for the, the voice to Parliament. And um, as I've read on many social media accounts, it's like, well, you know, we don't come to your country and tell you what to think or say or do you know interfere with your politics. Why are you coming here for? I think that's a very, very poetic way of saying what Lydia Thorpe uh, uh, said on her Twitter account. Um, but Ganyara, look, they can pour millions of dollars into this thing. They can have all the all-stars from the NBA. Um, they can have all the uh, uh, World Club uh, football champions from, from Europe come and talk about the voice of Parliament. It's not going to fix the situation one bit. 
how can it? How can it fix it? Look, he's probably a great bloke. He really is. You know, I, I don't hold any uh, view either way, good or bad or indifferent. You know, he's a, um, he's a black American, you know, just like the black Australians. But the indigenous people over there are the, the Iroquois, for example. You know, um, his ancestry comes out of Africa somewhere, you know. So it's just one of those that, that Anthony Albanese was... And he made a bit of a gaffe of it, I reckon, a bit of a blue, in that he tried to get a dark-skinned bloke to say something, you know, to try and influence the other dark-skinned people here. So that was a bit of a... Uh, it didn't work out too well in my view. And then they gave him a bent stick, hoping that he wouldn't come back, maybe. You know, or it was supposed to be a boomerang. You know, but it was a good job whoever made that, you know, but it looked good. But Shaquille is always welcome to come here on country and get a, an entry visa for free, totally for free, just like Linda Burney got going back, what, five or six years now? Might be seven years ago. She got an entry visa to be here. Come on country, and she reckoned it was great. I know her visa's expired, and she should have got one renewed. She should have asked for a renewal when she comes through to go up to Torres Strait the other day there to have a look at this uh, massive statement, whatever was going on, to talk about the voice to Parliament. So she could have got her visa updated to reflect that she's uh, agreeing with the, the sovereignty of the Yidinji nation, the one that's always here. So it's this sort of thing. Shaquille could have come and got one. So simply, he's always welcome to come in as a bloke. Any, any humans are welcome if they come in in peace and ask for a visa. And they're for free, by the way. And there's no cost to it. That way you aren't offending tribal protocol. So it's just another one. If he wanted to go there and learn about the voice to Parliament, is he going to be told the truth? Is he going to be told the truth that Australia doesn't have a treaty with the first-in-time first pre-colonial Indigenous nations? Is he going to be told the truth that they're going to divide the, the... they're going to give voice to someone based on skin colour and race? You know, the dark skin look about it. The Aboriginality, they're going to do that. Is he being told all this stuff, or is it just a, a media joke, I suppose, is the best way of putting it? Because I think Jacinda Price got it right, you know. Fancy doing that over here. You know, fancy bringing a, a, a black American in to try and talk to black Australians about issues that got nothing to do with black Americans. It's all Indigenous stuff. Yeah, and look, you know, she's uh, she has a right to say what she needs to say inside of Australia. And um, from our point of view, though, that's the most important one, is Yudinji saying, you know what, it's not for $10 million a month. You can do, you can do what we do. Um, it's free. When we talk to other tribal nations about governance and, and the, the model and, and, and uh, how we went about it, it's for free. We don't get paid to do what we do here. This is all out of our, our love and kindness and because the elders saw that this is an important uh, gift to the world. And we agree. In the, in the scriptures, it says to do... Uh, well. Elijah, I think the prophet said to do the Lord's work requires no payment and that's what we're saying, this is the good news we're spreading here um, because there's a, a greater spirit behind the whole government's message and that's what sovereignty is so what I'm about to do this week if you haven't heard already is um, we're going to encourage all those Torres Strait Islander communities now to actually seek uh, a Yidinji visa for free uh, and that would, uh, we were happy to support their statement and they can support our government and our sovereignty. Uh, I think that's fair uh, and there's no, uh, uh, you know, that through the, uh, uh, the, uh, um, the song lines and the stories that we share from that way up there through Kuyamu and uh, uh, all these things uh, and other ways, uh, 
obviously intermarriages uh, in the past, but also many uh, Torres Strait Islander uh, societies or members of such societies reside on the Yudinji territory. So that's an important thing. Um, most of the major operations, let's say, if it's not done out of the Yudinji territory, is done on the Yudinji territory at our hospital, for example. So there's lots of those things there. And um, I think this is a very exciting development because when people start talking about sovereignty and treaties, uh, Ganyara, as you've rightly said before many times, it obviously is because there's either something that coexists with the sovereignty and there are no treaties, which is why the Indian nation is going about what it's doing. Well, if we don't do it, who will? Think about that. Um, we've got to do it. We've got to offer the, the treaty to Australia. We've got to offer this to the, to the islander peoples as well. You know, they've got to come in. If they're going to talk sovereignty all right, they've got to start acknowledging that there are protocols and laws that were here from time memorial, time before the whitefella come, before the Europeans turned up here and brought their system of, of governance along. This system of governance is still here today, this, this very system, because it's acknowledged through native title that the natives have titles based on laws, you know, and customs that predate the colonial world, that they have system of land tenure, system of dispute resolution, system of authority and decision-making based on customs and laws that predate that of Australia and, and the UK, for that matter, or Britain, uh, when they come in. So this is just about revitalising all this. And it's all about education. It's getting people to understand and learn this stuff. You know, and that's why I wouldn't want Yurland's job for all the money in the world. It's, it's, he's got to try and educate people about something that, that Australia don't want you to know about for a start, or they can't, they can't have you know about it, but also then how do you bring it back to life? You know, so Yurland, I don't know how you're going to do it, but it's going to be a massive undertaking to even get ed pe people educated about sovereignty and treaty. Yeah, of course. And, you know, like, like most education, it can be quite simple, you know. Uh, it's, it comes back to, you know, everybody just automatically accepts blindly that they're under a particular law and they obey the law. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. We would want our Yudinji citizens to obey our law. It's, that's the right way to be. But the difference is that it, it comes back to that bit of paper that you hold, your, your identification, you know. It's, it's um, something which most people don't even think about. It's in your wallet, you know. It's a bit of paper or a bit of plastic. And um, but it determines whose law you're under. And you know, from a country that you know was the instigator of apartheid and the laws that they've carried forward, you know, it's, it's a pretty simple choice that I wouldn't want to be under their law. So you know, what other options are there at the moment? You know, you dingy. <laughs> you know, there, there aren't any many other options. And yet, all the sovereign nations of this land, there are hundreds of them, have got the ability to, to create their own identification under their own tribal ID. And, you know, I think the kids have picked this up quicker than most of the adults, so it's not too hard. Oh, you're, you're right. They will pick it up. And this is, this is the hope for the Yudinji Nation and all the other Aboriginal nations, that the kids can actually see it, which is the reason why I, I, I think that their Prime Minister brought in, in Shaquille was to try and convince the, the younger generations that, look, here's a really great basketball player. If you just follow what he's saying and listen to him, you know, you'll be right, but I think you've got to go back and listen to the old people, listen to your elders, listen to those who really know. Yes, that's the truth right there. Uh, you're listening to Black Law Tribal Edition right across the planet today, and uh, our guests, Yurlum uh, and uh, Ganyara. But coming up after the break... We'll be talking with uh, Malaniba and Esther Wanyi, uh, who are Yudinji diplomats, have just come back from Mercia, Northumbria, Wessex, which is the United Kingdom or England, and we'll be chatting to them about uh, 
their uh, promotion of the Indian nation over there and some of the uh, stories from their uh, travelling escapades. We'll be back after the break.
Welcome back to the show, Blacklaw Trial Edition with you. Uh, earlier, just before the break, I spoke about uh, talking uh, with uh, some diplomats that have made history, actually, for the Indian nation. Uh, and in the studio right now, that is the government office, is Esther Wanyi and Balaniba, who have come back from a trip to uh, the first, I guess, international, intercontinental trip, because uh, um, we have been travelling on this continent uh, between different tribal nations, but... This is the first time it's happened uh, uh, from a, the Australian continent, let's say, to uh, Mercia, Wessex, which is uh, England, and uh, they're in the studio today, and uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Minister Mulroy. Yeah, thank you, Minister. Um, yeah. It's good to be back. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really, uh, and I think a lot of people are, are keen to hear uh, what took place. Uh, what was the reason for the trip? Uh, and I guess, um, uh, what did you do over there? We'll start with you, uh, Esther. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, a handful of weeks ago, um, Balaniba uh, was contacted by the artistic director of the closing ceremony for the Commonwealth Games, uh, the official flag handover ceremony portion. Uh, that would see the flag ceremony um, be passed over from Birmingham, uh, UK, to the entire state of Victoria for the first time in Commonwealth Games history. Um, and as part of that, um, uh, it was the first time in history as well that the traditional owners of any lands um, were actually going to participate in the um, official flag handover ceremony. So there was representatives from the four Kulin nations um, that, yeah, basically um, uh, yarned about Balaniba and um, his background and who he is and his capacity to be able to do justice to um, uh, their cultural protocols um, uh, in a contemporary context whilst maintaining their cultural integrity. Um, and, yeah, so um, I travelled with Bala as his uh, manager and then I also became um, the First Nations support person alongside Kyle Vanderkai. Excellent. And, and Balaniba, what was, um, well, one, congratulations on both of you doing that because it's a big, big job. And I know that you have dual identities. So, uh, but today we're speaking specifically about Idinji's involvement with this. And while it was done mainly inside the Commonwealth of Australia, because it is the Commonwealth Games, fair enough, um, but what were the conversations with the elders and stuff from uh, the Kulin Nation? Because they would have um, asked you a few questions about, um, and you, you know, your Yudinja persona and, and, and things like that. And, and how did you work with them to produce that, that show at the, the final stages there? Uh, so, just in the early stages, we sent through um, my manager, Esther Wani, sent through my, my bio, and they got to get a um, snapshot of. Um, the legacy and my bloodline and hearing some of the stories of my elders on how they've worked with many different tribal groups um, with their cultural knowledge and, and connections to country and coming from coming from that bloodline they were able to see that I was um, competent to be able to deliver uh, their work on a, on a world stage and uh, they were very honoured and proud to um, you know, have someone who has experience in, in communities but also um, having trust as well because sometimes working working in these spaces, you need a, 
a level of trust to be able to um, to deliver something that is really sacred but also important business um, for a nation. And being part of a sovereign nation, it was there was power in it. You know, I felt I felt um, free, but I also felt that I was walking in a different. Um, realm. I wasn't under coming under uh, the Australian government. I was coming in, um, well, pretty much as a spiritual being. I felt like I was operating in the spirit. It wasn't. It wasn't in the flesh. It was um, by the spirit, from the spirit, and uh, I was able to uh, walk that. Um, and and going going over to to the UK, London and um, Birmingham before I left, it was quite it was emotional just before we landed because my father said to me don't forget um, what your grandfather has done, the legacy of returning back um, the remains and just having that reminder I knew uh, that this was important business and what I was doing, not only just for the Kulin Nation, but also for, for my nation and where I come from, was um, quite significant because uh, I also acknowledge our mob and our elders that, <laughs> you know, whose remains are still trapped on on the other side of the world. And it was, it was there spirits that um, also help and, and guide and um, yeah I, I, I dance for them and I wanted to represent them as well um, yeah in this journey <laughs> yeah that's, that's an important one because you know going back to someone like that <clears throat> can trigger emotions because as we know uh, Britain um, and the Commonwealth of Australia is a derivative of that uh, did a lot of damage on this uh, on this continent, so uh, it's really important that you went there with uh, in the right frame and with the right, let's say, spiritual protection as well. Mm. And um, but I mean, obviously, uh, you uh, would have uh, been involved with the the closing ceremony of the games, but uh, liaising with others and and you took your Yudinji, uh diplomatic badges. Uh, and uh, what were some of the conversations around that particular identity? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, uh, a, a lot of mob uh, completely spun out, to be honest. Uh, they had never heard of uh, a nation so far ahead in um, the uh, uh, affirming of their sovereignty with a um, sovereign government structure before um, and actually seeing the badge um, uh, that both Bala Nibra and I carried with us everywhere. We never left home without them um, and I feel like that made a massive difference for us as well just in terms of the level of um, uh, comfort that we felt walking in time and space into some of these um, highly problematic environments. Um, but, yeah, so uh, uh, everybody was completely blown away. Um, and what it actually did was it just sparked that... Um, 
uh, that quest for knowledge, that um, hunger to understand how Yidinji, um sovereign government has been able to do that. And then, of course, um, how that can be applied to uh, other people's own nations, um, etc. So uh, it was really fantastic to have those conversations. So we did, on behalf of the government, invite a lot of mob from lots of different nations to come and visit Gimoy to learn more and to sit more and um, spend time with our ministers. Yeah, that was the other thing too, Balami, but I was going to ask you was um, <coughs> some of the people from Victoria would have seen um, the IDs and stuff like that. So uh, maybe that sort of planted a seed. I know there's a, um, a treaty or, or something happening inside Victoria, but the Kulin Nation is not Victoria uh, and the Indigenous Nation is not Queensland, for example. So um, those are the clear boundaries that we have. Yeah, um, just as uh, Estewani was saying, you know, there were a lot of people spitting out, but a lot of people were actually quite emotional um, just to see, uh, you know, how advanced this government is. And it's, you know, we're... we're this government is... is beyond its time even the language um within it, it it's completely different and people are um yeah are quite emotional but they're also reflecting on themselves and they're looking um at themselves and seeing themselves trapped in in a different um you know in a different realm and space and where they could see the light and freedom with with, with um with us and how we travel and with the badge, um, you know, there was protection in that. Like, there was power just holding holding this badge and, and being able to, um, yeah, I, I don't know, represent our, our nation but also ourselves on a, on a higher level and platform. Like, we, um, yeah, the, just the whole experience was, it happened fast, but it... it we we were just walking in a whole different realm. We were walking in a whole different space, and um, it was very clear. Um, just even when you walk down the street in the city and everything, you could see that. Uh, yeah, we, we were walking um, uh, with freedom, with 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 covering. Um, with authority. With authority. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, uh, without going into too much detail about your medical conditions and things like that, one of the things that was really important was um, there were certain uh, matters of, of private health that were brought to the attention of the Australian realm, but our chief medical officers' um, letters and, and things of that were accepted in, in the UK. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So that started um, initially um, here, um, in the country known as Australia, um, those medical certifications that, um, of course, were sent to um, the Prime Minister um, and uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk, um, members, etc., like that of the Australian government. Um, so we basically passed those on to sort of producers and a number of stakeholders um, initially at the beginning of the process. Um, and then, of course, Yudinji, um government sent on correspondence as well to the United Kingdom to inform them of... Um, uh, not only uh, us as our Australian identities going to um, the United Kingdom, but us as our Yidinji, mm -hmm. um sovereign identities as well. Um, and we didn't have an issue or a problem at any point 
at all during any of the process <laughs> um, regarding anything. Yeah, so it was never brought up. Um, nobody spoke to us about it. Um, and basically, we had free licence to um, enter and exit any um, building, space, state, nation, country, yep. including Dubai. Yeah, and that, that's awesome. I, and, and I want to make it clear to people listening today, it, um, to the show, is that um, Yudinji's passports aren't accepted everywhere yet. So that's that's not what we're saying here. Even, like, obviously, using the Australian persona, uh, these uh, this man and woman here uh, use that piece of paper to leave, let's say, the Commonwealth, and to arrive at the other place, they used it as well. But to actually move around inside that space, the Yudinji persona was provided and, and used, and so were some of the... Um, uh, I guess the the, uh, the medical information that was provided also. So that's a really important thing. So I think it's a wonderful uh, idea or a uh, a walkthrough, like you know how you do your practices before your big performances. This was a practice, a, a dress rehearsal as to what of things to come. So we know that uh, through a treaty the Indigenous persona will be able to go wherever Australia has these uh, multilateral agreements, so with France or the US and things like that. So I think that's a really important thing. That's one, the importance of a treaty. And, you know, we want to we want to assist Australia with that. The, the second one is just how you had that confidence to walk around, mm -hmm. you, you know, and uh, uh, the ability to interact and to participate at that level is something that uh, can give you a peace of mind when you're and to represent both identities at a high level because I would say that as uh, while you're your Indian diplomats, I would say that Australia would have claimed you as one of theirs as well. Ah, oh, <laughs> definitely. And just touching base before, like we, we weren't challenged, we weren't um, denied. Um, yeah, if anything, uh, we, we were definitely seen, but you had... I know, just looking back now on my experience um, overseas, I think a lot of people are questioning, like, who are these two? Like, well, where do they come from? How how can they walk with such strength and, and confidence? And, um, yeah, it was very clear. Like, it, you could definitely um, pick us out anywhere because we, we just stood out with our, with our light and with our authority. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and as um, Bala Neba was performing on stage with the Kula Nation elders and um, the spirit dancers that were representative of each of the four clans, I'm sitting in the stadium right next to the Royal Box, um, <laughs> you know, um, in a beautiful cloak as well from um, the Gunai, Kunai people. Um, uh, and it was just such a... Um, beautiful moment to sort of look across and, and see um, the raw box right there. But here I am sitting there and here is Balaniba on stage um, being live streamed globally in this moment of significance with the um, Kulin Nation. And what I <clears throat> observed in recent days uh, via your posts and things like that mm. is they actually said the Yudinji citizen's name to the crowd, the whole thing on the, on the TV. Correct. So that 
was also a, an acknowledgement of um, a Udinji persona, and that's, that's the same. This is history in the making now. So, uh, fantastic uh, job, guys. Uh, I'm wondering what's going to happen next now uh, with uh, your connections. Um, obviously, there are people going to visit the Udinji territory soon, I guess, uh, to investigate the, the, the model of governance that we've set up here. Uh, I think what the uh, future holds is um, this has definitely started conversations um, amongst different nations and and people. Um, I, th- there's a movement. There's a there's a movement happening not only physically but spiritually, um, and I believe there's also an awakening as well. Like people are awakening um, to their sovereignty, to their truth, to their um, you know authority. Uh, so I believe what this trip has done is, yeah, um, has started has started some of that, and but that flame as well started that fire, and um, and those talks and those yarns, uh within our own mob and our own uh, within different nations and, and tribal groups. Um, yeah, I was just sharing with uh, Minister Derek and the other day. I said I've noticed a lot of conversations online. Um, regarding sovereignty, and it's yeah, there's a definite, uh, there's a strong movement happening, um, and just really excited to see where that's going, and uh, so honoured to be a part of that. Yeah, that's right. And um, I just want to quickly share as well, um, myself and um, Alfred Hudson, one of the spirit dancers, we ended up making um, quite a lovely connection with uh, one of the head military people who actually was the one that um, uh, drew the flags up and down the poles. And when they found out that the um, Aboriginal flag was different to the Australian flag and then the Udinji flag again was different to that, they took it very seriously Um, and they took it upon themselves to say that uh, they were going to go and educate their entire um, military group about um, what those flags are. So So those flags were flying over there? Yes, yeah, that's right, exactly. So, um, which I just thought was fantastic. So I think the future holds um, something... Uh, broke for us over there as well in terms of (coughs) a a, a barrier I suppose and also a question a calling to go further abroad um, to take the the messaging of your dingy um, uh, all around the globe um, because there is an appetite for it as well Um, so even the number of non-indigenous people that were asking very comprehensive questions um, and uh, were coming from um, a place of um, uh, vested interest was really exciting, which we were not expecting as well. So I think um, there's more travel on the cards. We want to travel to more mobs nations. We want to travel abroad. We want to keep taking that messaging and building those relationships. Yes, well, uh, congratulations to you both. Uh, thanks for coming in today and sharing your stories. Uh, th- these are amazing and will be in the history books of the Yudinja Nation. So uh, once again, thank you to our diplomats for coming in today. And uh, if you uh, want to become part of the Yudinja story, then uh, obviously citizenship uh, starts first. And then if uh, you want to be a police officer or a diplomat uh, or anything else, uh, then come to the office. Uh, you're listening to Blacklaw Troll.
Coalition right across the planet today, thanks to the Energy Broadcast Service and our friends at Bummer Ripper Media, uh, who are broadcasting this inside the Commonwealth via the NIRS. We'll be back after the break. Awesome. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, guys, uh, let's have some closing comments there. Obviously, Yudinji's going international, inter-tribal, uh, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, it's going all over the place, and there's no stopping it now. Uh, Ganyara? 
I think it's getting into everyone's mind, come to mention that, you know, not only international, into global, but it's getting into everyone's mind by being out there, by being present, and upholding these old laws. Just understand, if you want to preach sovereignty and treaty, you've got to be in the right capacity, the right standing. And this all comes back to education, basic education on what law is all about. So understand what you're doing, understand what you're saying. Otherwise, you're just giving falsehood out there to, I suppose, to con the old original people out of their law and custom. But uh, take, take time to learn what Yudinji has done, and, it, and it's for free, by the way. And, you know, give, give, give the Foreign Minister a yell, and he'll get on to the Education Minister if you need um, some sort of directive on how to get your people up to speed. I'm pretty sure our Education Minister can, can get that together for you very, very quickly. Yeah, well, of course, under the guidance of the Yudinji elders, how, how um, fantastic is it that that foresight's been put in place to enable us to do this? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's up to you. And it's great that there is a choice, you know. A lot of people in the world don't have a choice. And unfortunately, a lot of people in Australia don't realise they do have a choice. So we're here to let everybody know that. Yeah, and I like uh, what you said before, Kanyara, early on the show about, you know, sovereignty is now. It's not 12 years from now about self-autonomy. You can do it right now. Right now means you build it now. And that may be the intention behind the Massic Statement. I don't, I don't doubt that people want to express their law correctly, but you can't do that inside the Commonwealth of Australia. That's, all, that's the simplicity of it, OK? Uh, if you're going to um, uh, go into a nightclub that plays... Uh, a rap music, you can't complain about the music and say you want to hear classical or or you know sixties music or whatever it is. You know you're going to have to put up with the uh, the hip hop and the rap and be gangster in there and start you know whatever break dancing and everything else that goes on in there uh, and walking around some bling and you know maybe a, 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 a Glock or something like that. You know how these rappers are. <clears throat> my son tells me how they are so that's how how come I know about it I don't go to rap clubs but anyway all I'm saying is if you're going to be inside the Commonwealth of Australia you better act like a good Commonwealth of Australian be a good man be a good woman be a great trustee don't break the law and pay your taxes uphold the rule of law and do the best you can inside that realm while you're doing that Go back to your law if you can and build it piece by piece, slowly by slowly. It's there already. It just needs a, a bit of a, um, a kickstart. And you need, you've just got that motor running now where we can do that for free with the jumper cable. Okay? That's all it is. Glad I got on you. May God's peace be upon you wherever you are listening to the show. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay. Go